to Defiant Health Radio, a place where you can count on hearing about the truth in health, including new ideas and practices that can take your health to the next level. I also cover basic health issues, not healthcare issues, because modern healthcare is largely a failure, a failure to provide genuine health. So I shall discuss basic issues that includes natural ways to reverse type 2 diabetes, lose weight without limiting calories, why cholesterol is a waste of your time and money, how to reverse common conditions such as fatty liver, and many other topics all designed to empower you in health. I'm your host, Dr. William Davis, cardiologist and author of The Wheat Belly and Undoctored Books, and watch out for my soon-to-be-released new book, Super Gut, that's going to be released in February 2022. Later in the podcast, I shall introduce Defiant Health's newest sponsor, BiotaQuest, a source for some of the most interesting probiotics available today, including SugarShift, the product of research conducted by famed microbiologist Dr. Ro Cano. Plenty more on that later in the podcast. I call this episode of Defiant Health, Appetite Control Freak. I don't want to make you a control freak, but I do want to give you strategies. Three strategies that give you absolute control over your appetite. That's a great advantage because if you need to lose weight, you won't be hungry. If you walk by a plate of donuts at the office, you can walk right by, not give it a second thought. If someone tries to serve you a piece of cake and you know you shouldn't eat it, you'll be able to just turn it away. But before we get to that, if you have hunger, what does it feel like? It probably feels like a gnawing, sometimes desperate feeling. And if you've been really hungry, say you haven't eaten for several days, that is a really powerful impulse. It is, after all, a survival mechanism. And it's also something used against people in war, famine. Have you done things? Have you had behaviors that you engaged in because you were hungry? Did you push somebody out of the way at the all-you-can-eat food buffet? Have you gotten very impatient when dinner wasn't on the table at the expected time? Or how about you're at a restaurant and you're really hungry, you place your order, and it takes longer than it should, and you get really angry with the waitstaff? Hunger can make you do all sorts of things, and it can be a very unpleasant experience. So let's talk about three strategies, three very powerful strategies to gain complete control over your appetite. Strategy number one. Ignore the advice to limit fats, total fats, saturated fats, and oils. The basis of that argument was deeply flawed. Studies that emerged in the 1950s and 1960s that purported to show that cutting saturated fat in particular was a healthy thing and reduced cardiovascular risk did not show that. These were very deeply flawed studies. They did show that there might be an increase in mortality such as uh, death from accidents in people who cut fats. Not quite clear why that might be, but just accept that the, the old studies that are purported to have shown that cutting fat, cutting saturated fat was necessary to avoid cardiovascular disease were plain wrong. More recently, there has been epidemiologic studies that purport also to show that cutting fat reduces cardiovascular risk. But you have to know that observational epidemiologic studies are usually wrong. And that's why you hear the kinds of headlines like eating eggs causes heart disease. Eating eggs doesn't cause heart disease. Eating red meat causes colon cancer. Eating red meat doesn't cause colon cancer. The reason why you get that kind of whipsaw back and forth effect in the media is because they're reporting the results of observational epidemiological studies, which are usually wrong. Those studies do have some merit once in a while. If there's a large effect, 
like what happens to people who smoke and don't smoke, well, the, the effect was so large that they didn't need to do a real, a real clinical trial to prove it. But in most situations, the difference is not that great. And you cannot make cause-effect determinations through observational epidemiologic studies. But the USDA, the FDA, and other, other government agencies made the mistake of accepting observational evidence as real cause-effect evidence. You cannot do that. And so all the advice you hear to cut fat, cut saturated fat, or cut cholesterol is largely nonsense. I would say do the opposite. So we cut out in my program, my wheat belly programs, undoctored programs, now my new super gut program, we cut out wheat, grains, and sugars. That's what causes cardiovascular disease because those, those foods, wheat, grains, and sugars, provoke the formation of small LDL particles. That's what causes coronary disease and heart attack, not LDL cholesterol, not fat, not saturated fat. When you are exposed to wheat, grains, and sugars, the liver converts those components, those sugars, into triglycerides. Triglycerides are released into the bloodstream as very low-density lipoproteins. I know this is kind of complicated. The VLDL particles. VLDL particles cause coronary disease, cause heart disease, and interact with LDL particles to make them small, which are much more likely to cause coronary disease. So, it's a bit complicated. But bottom line here is don't limit fat don't limit oils. In fact, add fats and oils to your meals. For instance, add butter, add extra virgin olive oil, add coconut oil, never trim the fat off your steak or your pork, eat the skin, eat the dark meat, don't limit fat, and you'll be much more likely to be satiated. Eight years after they got married, businesswoman Martha Carlin noticed that her husband, John's right pinky finger and tongue began to quiver that he developed a stony stare and lost the joy that he used to show. Like he was looking through me, Martha says. Then a doctor diagnosed her husband with Parkinson's disease. He was 44 years old. Martha therefore made it her mission to understand how and why this happened, a decision that changed their lives. Martha quit her job. They sold their house and drained their retirement accounts to fund efforts to uncover better answers. A turning point came in 2015 when research from a laboratory in Finland reported that people with Parkinson's disease have a unique intestinal microbiome. Subsequent research showed that the alpha-synuclein protein that accumulates in the brains of people with this disease originates in the gut. Further research in an experimental model also indicated that the non-digestible sugar, mannitol, has the ability to dissolve the alpha-synuclein protein, a crucial finding. Martha, collaborating with the famed academic microbiologist, Dr. Raul Keno, then developed a collection of microbes that Dr. Keno demonstrated to collaborate with each other via what Dr. Keno calls a guild or consortium that magnifies the benefit of probiotic microbes when together. They therefore developed a specific and unique collection of microbial species that collaborate to produce greater quantities of mannitol. It also became clear that this had the potential to reduce blood sugar, since microbes metabolize sugars, sucrose, glucose, and fructose in the gut to mannitol. Because of its blood sugar reducing potential, they call this mix of microbes in the probiotic sugar shift. A number of followers of my program were given sugar shift for four weeks, all non-diabetic, and showed a reduction in fasting glucose of nearly 10 milligrams per deciliter. 
Martha and Raul also believe that the increased mannitol may exert positive effects on the alpha-synuclein of Parkinson's, an effect that Martha suspects may be why her husband John no longer requires a cane to walk, now 26 years after his original diagnosis. This is going to be subjected to formal clinical trials in the future. I believe that Sugar Shift, BioQuest Sugar Shift, is one of the most interesting probiotics available. See Defiant Health's program notes below for how to find out more about BioQuest and Sugar Shift. Order with discount code UNDOC15 for a 15% discount. Strategy number two eliminate the sources of the protein gliadin. Gliadin is a protein in wheat and related proteins in, in rye, cecalin, and in barley, hordine, and in corn, zein. These proteins cannot be digested fully by humans because recall that wheat and grains are seeds of grasses and we are not ruminants, we're not goats, we're not cows, we're not horses. We cannot digest the proteins, many of the proteins, in the seeds of grasses. So the gliadin protein is not broken down into amino acids like any other protein is. If we ate an egg, if we ate a piece of beef, we would break that protein down into single amino acids. But when you eat the gliadin protein of wheat and related proteins from other grains... Because you lack the digestive enzymes to break it down, break those proteins down to single amino acids, you break them down instead into fragments that are four or five amino acids long, peptides. These peptides that come from the partial digestion of the gliadin protein of wheat act as opioids, and they cross into the brain and bind to opioid receptors. But they don't make you high, they dramatically stimulate appetite. That's why some people will report effects like this. They finish a big bowl of pasta, their stomach is filled to bursting, but they're still oddly hungry. Or people who have breakfast at 7, they're hungry by 8.30 or 9, have to have a snack, have lunch at noon, are hungry by 1.30 or 2. That is also a gliadin-derived opioid peptide effect. So when you get rid of all sources of the gliadin protein, wheat and grains... You may go through a soft opioid withdrawal syndrome, but you'll find yourself magnificently freed of hunger. Strategy number three, boost oxytocin. Oxytocin is a very powerful suppressor of appetite, especially for snacking. So how do you do that? Well, one of the problems in modern people is that most of us, about 96% by the best evidence, have lost this bacterial species in our intestinal microbiome. Lactobacillus reuteri. When you restore Lactobacillus reuteri, it causes the vagus nerve to tell the brain to release the hormone oxytocin. This yields all kinds of wonderful effects, including deeper sleep. It restores youthful strength and muscle. It preserves bone density, but it also suppresses appetite. And it's a very powerful effect. Now, how do you do this? You'll have to refer to my Wheat Belly blog. I'll put the link in the show notes below. Or you can just Google or use another search engine and put in Wheat Belly plus Reuteri. R-E-U-T-E-R-I. Or in 2022, you can go to my new website, Dr. Dave's Infinite Health, and you'll find the recipe there also. So the three strategies, once again, never limit oils and fats. In fact, add oils and fats that way you feel satisfied. Avoid the sources of gliadin-derived opioid peptides, wheat and other grains. And then thirdly, make lactobacillus reuteri yogurt 
consume a half cup per day, and it boosts oxytocin. Now, each one of those strategies by itself is very powerful. Put all three together, and you've got spectacular control over your appetite. You can resist temptation. You can coast through a day. You won't be hungry. And interestingly, you won't experience hunger anymore as that raw, desperate, gnawing feeling in the pit of your stomach. You might experience it as a mild, soft reminder that you should eat something. I know personally, I just get a little bit restless, which kind of makes sense. If you are a wild living human living on the savanna or jungle or forest and you got restless, it would cause you to get up and go, grab your spear, bow and arrow, axe, and kill something or dig in the dirt. So restlessness triggers seeking out food, but it's a very different experience than the desperate gnawing hunger of someone who does not do these things. Now, if you've learned something from this podcast and like to hear more, be sure to subscribe, post a review, or tell your friends. Thanks for listening.